Welcome to the Discipline and Driven Podcast. The Discipline and Driven Podcast embraces the unknown and the uncomfortable. Those who strive for better take you behind the scenes of their upbringing, sacrifices they have made, and disciplined habits they have adapted in hopes that you become 1% better every day, give back, and make the world we live in a better place. I am your co-host, and today we're interviewing the host of the podcast, Jade Rowe. How are you doing, Jade? I'm doing great, Kyle. Awesome to be here with you, sir. Yeah, hey. So last episode, you uh, had the opportunity to interview me, and everyone kind of got to know me a little bit. But today, we're going to flip things around. We're going interv- to interview you and just kind of get to know you. So why don't you go, you know, go through your background, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, what do you do today? Tell us a little bit about your upbringing and just, you know, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I appreciate it, Kyle. Um, so I am currently 24 years old. I turned 25 in about um, less than a couple of weeks here. Um, but I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm originally from Minnesota. Um, I was born and raised in a smaller town just north of the cities. And then parents split when I was super young. Don't even remember them together. So um, I have lived with my mom and uh, my stepdad for quite some time now. And um, I graduated high school in 2013. And then I went on to study at uh, uh, University in St. Paul called University of St. Thomas and graduated there in 2017 with a um, major in supply chain and operations management and a minor in economics. Um, During my college days, I got really involved in an organization called St. Jude Children's Research Hospital that some people are probably familiar with and um, was kind of the director for a club that raised money for that hospital, which was awesome and um, really kind of broke out of my shell that I was in that felt like I was in um, during high school. Um, got an internship at a Fortune 500 company here in Minnesota named Optum and interviewed there, or sorry, excuse me, interned there my junior year of college and then my senior year graduated and started at United Health Group, um, a subsidiary or parent company of Optum uh, full-time. Worked there for about a year and a half, almost two years actually, um, it was like a year and nine months as an internal auditor doing um, business audits and then IT specific audits and um, learned a lot about just corporate business and business world and um, um, how to manage risk and change up systems and processes so that you can run your business more efficiently. Um, And now I currently am a full-time realtor with uh, Remax Results and uh, a real estate investor as well. Um, So I've been doing that now for about coming up on about a year, a little over a year now, um, after leaving my corporate job. And I did some leasing in the past prior to doing full-time sales. So um, really just jumped all in, in uh, kind of real estate within the last year and a half now. Wow. Yeah, that, no, that sounds like quite the uh, change from the corporate world to real estate. You know, as, as we all know, as real estate agents and real estate investors, things are not very structured. And I'm just curious, take us through you know, what was the reason you decided to leave the corporate world and what were, you know, some of the struggles that you had to overcome to make that leap into the, you know, full-time unemployed or not unemployed, but, you know, just having to make up your own schedule and decide, you know, how much to work. How did, how did you go through that, that process? You know what? Yeah, it's still, it's still a process I'm, I'm figuring out, but I think, um, you know, six months, you know, six, eight months into my corporate job, um, I just wasn't feeling very fulfilled. Um, It wasn't me really deep down. Um, I think I got pushed into that role and just doing that and being around the college deal and uh, not that college isn't bad, but just that's just what was pushed on me at my university. And, you know, eight months into that, I just didn't feel like it was the right fit for me and not really being really fueled by the work I did. And I was a very hard worker, but didn't really see a ton of fruit. You just had to go through so many loops and, check the boxes before you really, you know, got to do what you wanted to do. And, um, you know, quite frankly, make the money that you wanted to make potentially. And, um, so I did a lot of research, my parents and my grandparents, um, they are in real estate. They own, they never, none of them were realtors, but they all own investment property. So that's kind of what got me the real estate bug was revisiting kind of my, my family and learning about real estate. But 
anyways, I mean, when I jumped ship, um, it was, you know, I'm 20, I was 23 at the time. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I'm 23 years old. I know we talked about this a little bit last time, Kyle, but I'm 23 years old. Um, what do I have to lose? I mean, if I fail, what do I have to lose? And why not do it now rather than when I'm 33, 34, have a mortgage, large mortgage, maybe married and have two kids and all these activities and kind of stuck in my job because I need that income and I need that stability. Why not take the chance now when I'm younger and go find something that I really like to do? And if I fail, I fail, but I at least gave it a shot and can go back to whatever you need to go back to provide. Um, I have, you know, I had a little bit of student debt and that payment was very minimal. I figured I could get a part-time job mowing grass, whatever I needed to do to like pay that. Um, and I ended up moving back in with my parents after living on my own for essentially five years all the way through college and, um, renting a year after college so that I can bring my bills down and even sold my nice car. I had a 2015 fusion, which was, you know, an awesome car. I bought that thing like as soon as I got a, a job and was finally making money, but you know, took out a big loan and ended up selling that, getting my money back and buying a little junker essentially for, for cash. So I could just bring my, especially my expenses essentially way, way down. Um, because like you said, I mean, we're not, um, there's no stability in our, in our job and we have to continually produce as a realtor and real estate investor. So I, I knew it was going to take time and I knew I needed to bring my expenses down so that I could give myself time to develop that income and just, I mean, essentially starting a business from scratch takes time and, um, I needed to cut my expenses and it's been, um, it's been absolutely like amazing. I mean, you know, I, the first nine months when I was doing leasing, full-time leasing, I was, um, it was a struggle. I mean, I, I did, it took me three months to make my first paycheck and it was $800, you know, and then it kind of snowballed from there. Um, and I made $12,000 last year, you know, from that leasing job. And, um, that doesn't really seem like a ton at all. It's very, very little, but I'm doing better now this year. Things are, have changed, but, um, you know, it's a slow process. And, uh, I just had to face the fact that it was going to be slow and trust in myself and give it all I had for a few years here to see what I can do and what I can make happen. No, that's awesome. I love the fact that you, you know, you took sacrifice. Sometimes you have to sacrifice things now, like sacrifice the nice car, and uh, you're, you are, you know, delaying that satisfaction for later down the road when your career really starts to pick up. Now, I'm curious, you said that your family was in real estate. Um, you know, I, I understand the reason why you pursued real estate, but what are some of the reasons, you know, specifically about real estate? Is it the, is it the time freedom? Is it just the ability to make up your own hours? You know, what part of real estate do you really mm -hmm. like? And I'm also curious, break down, um, you know, you I understand you're a realtor, you sell real estate, but then you're also on the investment side, you know, long-term, where do you see yourself and you know, what do you really, what part of it do you enjoy? Yeah. I, um, the, the first part I've found things that I'd never figured I would have liked by becoming a realtor, like more, more reasons why I actually ended up getting in real estate than I, than I first initially got in real estate for, but I first initially got in real estate because um, my grandpa is a successful investor and um, he plays golf uh, essentially all the time and manages his own schedule and, you know, is living life, you know, very happily and it's making good money, not, not making millions or millions or anything like that, but he's got a good portfolio going, stable income, stable cash flow, and is able to do what he wants, when he wants, with who he wants. And I wanted, I essentially wanted that. And that's why I jumped ship to get into real estate and real estate investing was to get to that point and get to it in an earlier stage of life for myself rather than when I'm 70 years old. Um, so that was the initial reason why I got into real estate investing and real estate in general. But I figured, hey, I'm 23. Let's find something that I can learn as I go and make some money as I go. And that's what got me into doing leasing and now doing the full-time sales. Um, and what I found is, you know, I initially got into real estate because I saw what my grandpa was able to accomplish. And quite frankly, what I've now I'm, you know, I have invested in some buildings and what I've learned is one, I mean, the impact you have on people's lives when you buy a building that's 
got horrible management and it's just kind of a nasty building and the tenants are, are fine, but the management was just bad. And you take over that building and, you know, you come in and all the tenants think that you're going to raise the rent and you're going to be just as bad as the last one. And they cuss you out, whatever, and give you the dirty eye. And then after like a couple months, six months down the road and you've changed the place around, you know, repainted the garage doors and the parking lot and made it smell nice for once and you're taking good care of the property like these tenants start to be like holy cow these property managers are awesome and like you they start referring us tenants and we actually have a good relationship and like that's super rewarding to me is like changing those people's lives i guess and their living situation um and then on the realtor side of things when i help someone achieve their goals buying or selling again it's super rewarding yes at the end of the day i do get paid a commission to sell that home but i mean when i find a buyer and they are the first i sort of buy you know their first time home and it take them through that process of buying a home for their first time stress-free as much as it can be it's a very stressful process but make it educate them and get them get them to that closing table it's a very rewarding experience for myself and then the same side i mean i'm selling a property the same thing happened i mean i have stories of people where i've sold their property for more than they thought that they could sell it for and they paid off all their student debt and have like 20 extra thousand dollars of cash to go buy an investment property or buy a car or whatever like it's so rewarding um it's a just very rewarding career other than like you know you can set your own schedule and make a ton of money potentially but it really down comes down to i mean impacting helping people and that's, that's what's rewarding to me on both sides of the investing world and the realtor side. And then, you know, your last part of the question, where do I see myself going? It's, you know, right now my fuel is in my investments. I mean, I want to sell real estate essentially um, to know more about real estate, have access to closer, have be, be closer to the market, have access to potentially exclusive deals, and then be able to not limit myself on the amount of income that I can make and have the ability to then pour that into um, more investments with myself or other partners like yourself or my family um, long-term. So long-term, I don't see myself being just a full-time realtor. Long-term, it gets to the point where just my investments are what's fueling my lifestyle and I'm kind of sitting back playing chess with buying and selling investments. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, sounds like, yeah, your grandpa's been a great example and I think a lot of people need to understand that real estate is not something, it's not a get rich overnight, you know, game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think one of the first books I ever read when I think I was like 16 about finances was Dave Ramsey's financial peace book. And I remember at a point in that book, he talked about the power of compounding interest. And I like to think about that, you know, in terms of real estate, you know, every single month you're paying off a portion of that mortgage and, you know, every single, you know, dollar that comes in from that rent, you're able to, you're not only paying off, you know, the mortgage, you're also receiving cash flow, and then you're able to take the, you know, the income and then leverage it and buy another property. Exactly. And, you know, people need to realize that, you know, like you said, it's not, um, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's going to, you know, take a while and, you know, someday you're going to wake up and you're like, wow, look at what I built in my sleep, you know, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I love that. I love that about real estate that you're building this, you know, empire while you sleep, but so and one of the big things that one of the big things that my grandpa always told me, and I've told my brother who's younger and trying to understand real estate is to your point. I mean, the bank owns this chunk of your property and your tenants are paying down that chunk. So that goes that way. Then up here is what your property's worth. And that goes that way over time. It appreciates. So you have this going this way and this going this way and it spreads and essentially you have all this equity now because you paid down the loan, your tenants have paid down the loan and the properties actually appreciate. So that spread between what you owe and versus what it's worth gets larger and larger over time. It doesn't happen in a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, but over a course of seven, eight, 10 years, it can be quite substantial. And then like you said, you can use that piggy bank of money essentially that you've created to leverage and go buy more property or take your, you know, go on a nice vacation or whatever you need to do. But then you have that there. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I love it. That analogy is great. So you've, you've pretty much talked about your reasons, but maybe dive in just a little bit deeper on your why and what drives mm -hmm. you, 
know, is yeah. there something, you know, underlying that's just really, you know, the backbone of why you do what you do? Yeah. Um, I, it's, uh, it kind of go, it's full circle. It goes back to my corporate career. I think, um, I, when I was at that role, I had great managers and great people that I worked for. Um, but one thing that I, I noticed was, and then I, I mean, I even found it, felt it myself, but one thing that I noticed a lot was, um, you know, I want to someday have a wife and I want to have kids and a family. And I know that when I saw the, my boss or managers or people I worked with who had families, that corporate job essentially came before the family. And um, it was hard to just structure your life around your job and your family because you had to be in an office from, let's say, 8 to 4, 8 to 4.30 um, with very little flexibility flexibility and being able to drop your kids off at school was potentially difficult and then picking them up after work was difficult um and you know that scheduling essentially nightmare where i'm not saying it's going to be easier however i knew that just even myself as a single guy like trying to navigate my corporate career exercising learning about real estate investing reading books spending time with social friends, like it was a lot to get done. And I know that a big part of my why was that I want to be able to pick my kids up from school, drop them off, take them to their ball games, their soccer games, whatever it may be, and have and be able to completely, you know, unconnect. Because I know that when my grandpa right now is able to come to any of our games or a brother and sister game or spend time, he's fully disconnected. He might get a call, but like he's there on his own behalf. His mind is clear and he's spending that time with his family, not worrying essentially about um, what his boss might think and what his boss might say if he comes in later. So a big part of my why is having that flexibility with my family someday. Um, and then I'm also um, big on giving back. So um, I recently went to Haiti on a mission trip and I'd love to be able to like send tons of kids down there at school someday also with the income that I make from my investments and um, career. So between having flexibility with my family and be able to spend as much time with them as I possibly can with nobody overlooking me and saying, you know, when are you going to be in the office and being able to give back to different charities and kids that are in poor countries is mainly why I do what I do. And there's no way I could have done that sort of stuff if I would have just stayed where I was at and worked my way up the corporate ladder. Yeah. I love the fact that you're looking out into the future, even at the young age you are, um, you know, to, to be able to look out and be like, I want to spend time with my family and my kids. I think that says a lot about, you know, yourself. And also I got to do a little shout out real quick. I'm trying to think of the name of the, um, the guy who wrote this book, but it's called the go giver. Uh, Jade, have you, have you read that yet? I have not read that. No. Okay, well, you need to add it to your list, and anyone who's li listening needs to add that to your list. It's it's called the Go Giver. Um, it's by oh, you know what? Just you'll just have to look it up. But I'm I'm reading it right now. I'm almost done, and it really talks about you know how you're talking about you want to be able to give back someday, you know, to um, you know people, you know, send people to Haiti or whatever it is. You know, it, this book goes into how we need to be programming our minds to start giving back now that's something I've always struggled with because I'm always like, Oh, someday, you know, when I make a bunch of money, I'm going to start giving, yeah. giving more with that book. I, I challenge everyone to read that and start to program your mind to start giving back today. So we'll have to talk more about that. In another podcast, something I'm yeah. trying to work on, but okay. So Jade, let's say, um, you know, there's a young guy listening to the podcast right now, or not even young, maybe, you know, they're midway through their career. And they've always been interested in real estate or just being self-employed. Talk about some of the, you know, challenges and sacrifices that you've had to make, you know, make mm -hmm. with that jump. And then also, you know, when you're done with that, go into some of the routines, the habits, um, and just the daily disciplines that you have in your life to, you know, keep moving forward when maybe things seem to be falling apart all the time. I know real estate is a very up and down business. One day you might have a contract uh, on a house and the next day it all falls apart. So mm -hmm. yeah, talk, talk about some of the challenges and sacrifices moving into the self-employed world 
and then talk about your routines, habits, and then daily disciplines. Yeah. So, um, break down your first part of your question there. Um, I think where you're at, um, if you're young like myself or you, or you're later on in your career, you have to look at where you're at, um, and assess your whole situation. I know, um, you know, I had, uh, I have a real estate investing mentor. And when I was on the phone with him, um, back when I was in my, my corporate career, he told me this, he really was the one who put it in perspective. Like Jade, you're 23. You need to, um, what is that Kiyosaki quote? Don't worry about earning rather than learning or something like that right now is what we need to focus on. Not don't worry about how much you earn, but focus on how much you're able to learn right now because you're young. Um, and I don't have much overhead, you know, and I could have made the sacrifice of moving home and selling my car and cutting my expenses down low. I was blessed to be able to do that. But let's say, and if you are that, think about it. I mean, you are, the rest of your life, you're going to spend time working. I mean, your work is a big part of your, of your day and your week and your life. So don't do something that you don't like to do and be honest with yourself. I know it took me a while to like actually be honest with myself and there was plenty of times where someone would come up to me at a party or a gathering or whatever and be like, Oh, Jade, how are you? How's work? And I'd say, Oh, good, good, good. You know, just whatever. Everything's good. No, it's not. You know, I had, it finally took me like one guy shout out. To, I'll put his name is Justin Wheelock. He's a good friend of mine, but he was one at a, is that actually like a Bible study one um, weekend met the guy and he's just talking to me and he questioned me. He's, I said, yup, you know, I like my old job and I like what I'm doing. And I don't know what it was, but he's like, do you really like question me? That was the first time I actually said no. And it was crazy. I don't know. It was a big breakthrough of just like, no, I actually don't. So be honest with yourself. Um, and if it's not, I mean, go figure out and what you like to do and take some chances, take some risks when you're young. Um, cause if you fail, you can always go back to whatever you need to do to provide. But if you're later on in life, I think it's, um, it definitely is harder, but I think you'll have to figure out, all right, I'm, you know, maybe I do have some kids that are mortgage or whatever. I don't like what I'm doing. Don't want to spend the rest of my life doing this. Let's start looking at different options. Let's start saving some more so that maybe if I do want to go on the self-employed, self-employed side or, um, starting my own business side of things, you will need more like three, six, nine months of savings saved up to cover your normal expenses where I didn't really need all that extra cash because I didn't have much bills. But if you do, you're going to have to save up that. I know Dave Ramsey's huge on that three to six months of um, saved up income. So if you're later on in life, you're going to have to do that. Um, and I think a big part of um, when I moved into the self-employment side of things was having blind faith for the future. Um, you know, what I do today, I don't, I might not see any result for 30, 60, 90 days a year from now, but I need to continually make progress and do the simple daily disciplines and habits and actions every single day that will eventually compound over time and get me to where I want to be. And I have to have blind faith that it's actually going to work out. So, some of my disciplines is, um, and I will be the first to say that I go ups and I go through ups and downs of this. Like I'm, I'm really good for like a week, week and a half, and then like I fall off for a week, and I try to get back into it, try to like mix it up a little bit. But what I, I mean, what I try to do um, essentially is I like to get a good nights of rest. I think um, plenty of time people don't get enough sleep, and you need you need sleep for your brain to fire on all cylinders. So um, I try to get at least seven hours of sleep every single night. Um, I will pretty consistent with workouts, whether it is an hour long workout or it's a 20 minute run or 20 minute exercise. I, I need to do something every single day to get my body moving. And, um, you know, we're shooting this in the midst of COVID and I really struggled with that. Um, do I do it in the morning? Do I do it at night? Whatever. Um, but I've, I've, I've always been a morning type of person to like wake up and have a morning coffee and then go to the gym and, and trying to get back on that, just working out at home. Um, another thing that I'm big on is, uh, writing down, I learned this from the slight edge, um, the book by, uh, Jeff Olson, three things you're grateful for every single day. Um, grateful for, you know, health, grateful for, um, my real estate career, whatever it may be. And then some one positive experience you had over the past 24 hours, kind of just get your mind right in, in the uh, beginning of the day. Um, I also, if I have time, I try to read every single day. Um, 
read a book, um, you know, 10 pages in a book, and then potentially read in the Bible one chapter. Um, and then on the realtor side of things, like one of the daily disciplines that I do is prospecting. Every single day I'm prospecting. I make a lot of cold calls. Um, not a, I mean, I'm not crushing the phones, but I'm making more than probably majority of real estate agents make. And um, I need to do that every single day. Um, because at the end of the day, our job is to talk to the most amount of people and try to help the most amount of people. So I don't care if I cancel all my appointments, I will, um, make those calls every single day. Well, that is awesome. So I am horrible at making cold calls. I hate cold calling. I don't know if I mentioned this in, in when the, on the episode you were interviewing me or not, but I was an insurance salesman for all of yeah. six months because I hated it so much. I hated sitting there and making calls and, you know, getting denied over and over and over. Um, so share with me and the audience, some of the, you know, how, how do you overcome rejection? You know, what's your mindset going into that? Um, I think, uh, this is going to sound, I wish I had a better answer, but I mean, it's just like, they don't know me, you know, they, they have no idea who I am. Um, and who cares? I mean, I, I have found, I mean, this is, this is kind of going off a little bit of a tangent, but I mean, when I moved in, when I moved from where I was to what I'm doing now, I've, and I've journaled on this and I've written things down about this, which I think is another, it's not like a daily discipline, but something that people should think about doing is journaling about different experiences and things that they've learned over the course of a transition in their life. And one of the things that I've learned was, um, who my real friends are. And like, who are the people that actually like care about me and want me to succeed in whatever it is I do? There's plenty of people that did not really respect or like what I was doing and what I was going through. Um, and that made me almost take a step back and figure out who I was and just accept the fact that not everybody is going to agree with what you're doing and like you, but your job is to always respect yourself and say good positive words to yourself and then find the people that do like you and care about you and want you to succeed and want want you to help you and i've accepted that fact didn't come overnight okay in high school i tried to please everybody so definitely was not an overnight thing but now i'm comfortable in my own skin i know who i am i know where i'm going the people that are in my life are going to come with me and if when i'm cold calling you know, it's just the same thing. It's like, Hey, they're either going to accept me or they're not. And they're either it's no, and no, a no is really never a no. It's just not at this time too. I, I've adopted that. I mean, when I'm calling, it's just like, Hey, you know, do you need real estate services? No. Okay. Well, not, not at this time. I mean, I'm sure 20, 30 years down the road, you may, I just didn't call you at the right time. So that's fine. So that is my mindset of, Hey, I'm comfortable in my own skin. And two, no, is just not at this time. And honestly, like most people are, yeah, I've been cussed out and I've had people yell at me and say they're going to report me, but it's just like, most people are fine. You know, most people are, are okay with you calling and just asking a simple question. And as long as you're not like, I do a lot of role playing with other agents too. And I, I find that some people are just like super pushy and super just long with their scripts. It's like, oh my gosh, just get on with the point. I think if you're straight to the point, most people are receptive to that. Yeah, that makes sense. So I like what you said there about it's never a really no, it's just not right now. I can't remember <laughs> the exact quote, but I don't, have you seen Dumb and Dumber? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it's, it's not the greatest movie, but it's pretty funny. It's I'm pretty sure, movie. isn't there a quote in there where he's like, you know, asking the girl if she would date him or something, and, and she's like, not in a mil or not, I, I don't know how it goes, but no, more he, like. He goes, he goes, uh. So you're, um, you know, a guy like you and a girl like me, he kind of, he flips it around like that. And then he goes, what are the odds that we, we end up together? And, she, and he goes like one in 25, one hundred. And she goes one in probably a million. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <Heck> yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's how you need to start responding to these people when they say no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. So um, maybe tell us, a, can you think of an example, maybe as you were switching your career or making some of these decisions where maybe you felt judged even, you know, by your friends or your family, can you think of a time that maybe you felt judged for, you know, doing what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, um, I look, uh, I kind of reflect on my entire 
24 years of life. Like I'm so old, but, um, I feel like I've been slightly judged kind of my whole life. I mean, just with, just with the way that I was up, upbringing with my parents kind of being split up and having two sides of the family, um, multiple grandparents, step parents, things like that. I never, um, when I went to high school, I mean, I had, it was, it was hard to like, honestly find like good group of friends. I was friends with a lot of different people, but I didn't have like my normal clique or anything like that that some people do because most weekends I was going, um, elsewhere to see my dad and my cousins and, um, spend time with them. So I, it was hard for me to find friends on that side because they'd always ask me, you want to do something and say, ah, oh, no, I'm going to go visit my cousins or friends. And then, you know, I didn't go to school with my cousins. A lot of my cousins and friends up there at my dad's, they, uh, I didn't go to school with them. So it was kind of like this almost double-edged sword of being in the middle and never like feeling fully accepted. So I've held a battle with that my entire life. And I think I just got to the point where, um, later on in my life, when I was kind of going through my, my transition, it was like, slowly but surely finding out who I am um being comfortable with who I'm becoming um and uh you know I'm a outright say I mean I'm a pretty large believing Christian as well and I think uh, having faith um in my religion and faith in Jesus does help me um be okay with who I am um and rather than trying to please everybody because at the end of the day there's a billions of people on this earth and you're not going to be able to please everybody. And, um, it's, 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 a. I wish there was a magic secret, magic bullet to it, but I think it comes down to, uh, your mindset too. I mean, I listened to a lot of motivational videos in, in college and they fired me up every single time. I still listen to them. Not as much, but I mean, I'm a huge Eric Thomas fan, Inky Johnson, those guys, I mean, really fire you up. And if you start listening to some of their pod, start listening to some of their speeches, I mean, it's all about, I don't care what others really think of me. I care about what I think about myself. Um, and if that's not saying that you're like some like hard, hard ass who doesn't care about other people, but you got to be willing to just be okay with who you are and um, love on, love on others always. And accept that some people will, will accept that love and some people won't and just keep on moving forward yep absolutely i love hearing about your faith um it definitely means a lot to me as well and uh you know without my faith there's during the bad days a lot of times without my faith they'd be much worse so i'm glad that we both have that to fall back on so um i was going to actually ask you that's one of my next questions is so when you do have a bad day maybe you're getting rejected more than usual or maybe a listing falls apart. What are some of the, what do you, how do you handle those, those days that, you know, they're just not going as planned. Do you have anything yeah. that you use to reset or, you know, how, how do you handle that? Man, I, I wish I had something that helped me reset. Um, I don't at this point. Um, and this is going to, it's not going to be the perfect answer, I guess, but it's just, I, um, if you follow Jocko Willick at all, he talks about just going through the, going through the motions. Um, and when I wake up and I'm just off, you know, and I'm still gonna, I'm not going to let my emotions dictate my actions or my outcome. Does it happen sometimes? Yes. But I should try the hardest that I can if I wake up and I don't want to go do a workout, I'm going to still go do a workout. It might, I might not feel the best. It might not be the best workout, but I've trained my mind to just say, Hey, I'm going to do that. And when I go do a call sesh, um, making cold calls, like they might, I might get rejected. If I make 20 calls, I might get rejected every single time, but at least I did it. And, um, I think them and I might be spittering and sputtering and not know my scripts and my words, but, um, at least I did the calls and I'd rather fail knowing that I did the action rather than just not do the action. And I think that comes down to just conditioning your mind again, conditioning yourself to just do the things you need to do no matter what, whether or not you have a bad day or not. And if you do have a bad day, I do try to have things like um you know a vision board or a vision letter or go you know, watch a motivational video something like that to kind of just get me pumped up again and make me realize why i'm doing what i'm doing and um 
and also, I mean, David Goggins can't hurt me. That's a great book for everyone who can't read it. He always talks about the cookie jar. And I like that, um, um, that, that saying, because I use it too. I mean, and when you think about all the fantastic things that have happened in your life, like, um, when you sold that property or you bought that investment property or whatever it may be, um, you can reach back into your, your cookie jar and say, Hey, this day sucks, but at least I have these awesome things that have happened and just finish the day out hoping that tomorrow's better. And then if you need to even like cut it early that night or that evening to just be like, you know what, I just need time with family or I need to like watch a movie or some, you know, just let my mind reset for the next day. That's fine. You know, those are probably the little tools and tricks and tips that I do once in a while to kind of be like, all right, that day sucked. I did the things I needed to do, but you know, felt horrible in my workout. Couldn't talk on the phone. Didn't get as much done as I needed to get done, but you're going to have those days and let's just call it a night and um, get get refreshed for tomorrow. Yeah. I think that we are so, so quick to judge ourselves. You know, you might have a bad day and you just, you're really down the dumps. And my wife has done a really good job at reminding me that, of this, you know, look back a year into your past and look at how far you've come. You know, you might have a really bad day or even a bad week, but look back, you know, a year, you know, a year ago. And I'm sure that you're going to look at, you know, look at that and be like, wow, I've come a long ways. It's, you know, it's a bumpy ride, but you're usually always going up. So. And that comes back down to just the blind faith. I mean, enjoying what you do every single day and having that faith for the future that what you do is going to bring you to the outcome that you, you ultimately want. Yeah. And like you said, the habits that you have in place, you know, during those bad days, you wake up and you're like, man, I do not want to get out of bed and make these calls. But if you are programmed to do that, even if you're having a horrible day, you're one step forward. And so I think, you know, that's so important for everyone to have those habits in place. So Jay, this has been awesome. We're getting near the end. We're going to enter into the rapid fire questions. So these are just quick questions. You don't have to expand on them real long. You can, if you want, but Question number one, how do you give back to others? Um, <clears throat> right now, I think it's just um, primarily with my time. I mean, I'm always open for phone calls and things like that to uh, talk to people and give them my advice or opinion on things. Um, I'm also, um, you know, I've talked about, I went on a mission trip for the first time this year and that was awesome. And gave back with essentially my time of serving down in Haiti and um, I've given to different people that have went on um, mission trips or are fundraising for St. Jude's Hospital or whatever it may be. So between uh, monetary donations to people, the causes that I believe in and just always being, always being just a positive light um, and being someone who's approachable that someone can reach out to and talk to about their issues and their problems or questions is I love talking about that stuff. And I love listening. I'm not a big like talker. I'm, I'm more of like a listener. Let me listen to what you have. And if you want to vent, I'm more than willing to just be that person that you can vent with. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you did a little better job answering that question than I did. I'm pretty sure you caught me off guard when you're interviewing me and I said, <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> I, need a, I need a second shot at that question, but this is your podcast, not mine. So <laughs> anyways, our podcast. So that's great. That's how you uh, give back to others. How about yourself? How do you give back to yourself? Um, give back to myself by getting outdoors uh, I like to I'm a big outdoorsman I like to golf um, hunt uh, fish um, work out run so I mean time with myself and my family by um, going on the, on the golf course or going hunting for a weekend or going up north to like a cabin and just walking around the woods and spending time with my dog is the time that I'm able to kind of reset and I also, I mean, just like everybody else, enjoy watching Netflix shows and TV and, and, uh, and movies. So, um, you know, I feel like I've had a good week and I've had a, or, and or had a good day. I reward myself by allowing myself to lay low on the couch for um, a couple hours watching some Netflix or some movies. Love it. 
What about, do you have a favorite book or favorite quote, maybe a Bible verse or something that reminds you to keep yourself moving forward? Yeah. Um, my favorite book right now, uh, I'm actually not finished with it, but it's definitely The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Um, I've not read that. Just, I got to add that to my yeah, list. It's all about um, just your daily disciplines. I mean, this guy was a beach bum and then he was a millionaire and then he lost it all and then went back to becoming a millionaire. And it's all about, he's just like, he tried to figure out like why he did that. And it was all about um, his daily, his daily disciplines and daily actions and programming himself to just do what needs to do and making small, small actions. Like someone said, I'm going to do, I'm going to read three hours a day. I'm going to read a book a week. And like, how long is that? And he says, it's better to chunk it down very small like 10 pages a day. Anybody can do 10 pages a day. And you do that for a week and a month and a year and it compounds. And now you've read 12 books and you're like, holy cow. So I love that book. Um, and some of my favorite quotes are, um, well, Eric Thomas, um, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I know it gets thrown around a lot, but love that. Love that quote. Um, I don't know this i think it's um actually have my phone on me but it's like deuteronomy 31 6 or 41 strikes be strong and courageous um let me see if i can pull this up quick yeah you know, I'll, add, I'll add while you're finding that i'm pretty sure jade you were there right at the uh, jake and gino conference when uh et was there and he got yeah. to speak in front of us that was awesome uh, for those of you who have not seen et in person you guys got to go check him out he is so energetic and definitely one of the better speakers out there. So highly recommend trying to see him in person. And I love uh, Inky Johnson too. Um, Impose Your Will is one of the best videos um, out there for motivational videos. Um, Inky Johnson was a um, amazing football player for University of Tennessee that like got his shoulder got blown out right like literally the game before he was going to get drafted to the NFL he talked about a setback and now this guy is just like a dynamite um motivational speaker super good Christian and just like he pumps you up when you listen to him so go check him out but my quote from the bible that I like is Deuteronomy 31 6 yeah be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord, your God goes with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. So love that quote too. Just, you know, being strong, courageous through all and knowing that um, I have a, I have the Lord with me at all times. I love that. Is there an app or technology that helps you in your everyday life? I like Trello a lot. Um, using that right now to kind of organize my daily flow and my to-do list and my weekly flow of things that need to do this week. And then um, some things that you know, I have a million uh, thoughts and ideas and Kyle might say, let's do this on the podcast or uh, my coworker says, let's do this. And you got to have a way to like organize all those notes. And I've found Trello to be kind of the easiest way to like make to-do lists and categorize them um, and make due dates and um, have my flow of my daily, my daily actions and my daily work be continuous and systematized. So Trello, go check it out. Sweet. Yeah, you mentioned that to me before. I have yet to check that out, so I need, to, I need to take a look at that. But Okay, what piece of advice would you give someone who has passion they would like to begin pursuing but are afraid to or haven't taken action yet for whatever reason? And I want to throw this second part in there. You know, if you were to talk to your younger self, which you're already young, but, you know, if you could tell yourself something, you know, five, five years ago, what would you tell yourself? Hmm. That is a really good question. Um, well, I mean, I think, let me see if it comes out. If you, and like, you know, this, this podcast, we're both real estate guys, but we're, we're talking about anything. I mean, um, you'll see that we have different people that will be coming on. We're both real estate guys, but I mean, I'm talking to you have a passion about anything like art or fitness or whatever it may be. I don't care what it is, but like life is too short to like not go after that. And, I'm not saying you got to quit your job and go be a full-time artist or a full-time um, fitness guy, but like, like you need to start. And I think you need to enjoy, enjoy your life. I mean, you only have one life, so um, enjoy every single day and every single breathing moment. And if 
you have a passion or something that's inside of you that you like, you, I'd love to try that. I'd like to do that. Just do it. I mean, Nike does, I mean, you even said this, Kyle, Nike says it best, like literally just do it. Um, like, what do you have to lose? Are you going to die from doing this? Most likely not. Like, just do it and go for it and try it and fail, you know, um, and be okay failing. But trust me, like, there's going to be tons of conversations. If you go and you do it, you fail. There's going to be tons of cool conversations that are going to come out of nowhere and you never know who's watching. And now you might be an inspiration to someone else because you went and tried that. Now they're reaching out to you saying, holy cow, I wanted to always do that. Let's go do it together. Or, um, what, you know, what would you advise? What advice do you have for me or whatever? So, um, and think about that. I mean, think about, and I love this. Um, but like on your, on your deathbed at your funeral, do you want that inner voice and passion to be like, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have tried that. Heck no. Cause you'd be telling your kids and your mom or your kids and you know, your, um, your, your husband or wife and your family member that's alive sitting there, go do it. Go, go try it. I never did. Don't get to that point and know that you didn't take a chance or go for it. Um, and you're not going to have everything figured out. Kyle and I are still figuring everything out on our day-to-day lives and um, our jobs and our careers and our relationships. You're not going to have everything figured out, um, but you're going to learn as you go. Yeah. So that's what I tell myself. And I would probably just tell myself too, um, to focus on my communication earlier on in my life I don't think that's something that is taught enough in school and in high schools and college like everyone I'll be honest everyone makes fun of like communication degrees like what are you gonna do do the communication degree communication is literally the best thing best skill it's a skill that you can have um, as an entrepreneur as a business person as just a being is being able to communicate with someone effectively efficiently have great vocabulary um, and be able to public speak. Public speaking is like the number one hated thing for most people. And I, I myself was included in that. I mean, I used to get pink, red blotches all over my, my, you know, neck and couldn't speak. And now I'm not the best yet, but I've applied myself, done some Toastmasters, so reach out to us if you want to learn about that. It's a public speaking place um, or group and developed and worked on my communication to get to where I am today. But I still, I still would love to make it better and have a better more expansive vocabulary so i would have told myself focus on your communication and focus on your relational relationship skills because at the end of the day anybody can learn how to write an excel formula um but not enough people can communicate excel formulas and data and numbers to a big group of people or an audience yeah no, I mean, I think relationships are everything and, you know, without communication, what are your relationships? You know, they're nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, another thing, you know, you, you were talking, you know, people should ask themselves the question, you know, instead of being like, what could happen? Ask mm-hmm. yourselves what could happen. So emphasis on emphasize it. Yeah. yeah. Emphasize the second could, you know, instead of being like, Oh my goodness, I can lose, you know, my car, I can lose, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on whatever investment I'm making. Instead of thinking like that, think about the opposite, you know, what could happen on the, on the bright side. And I think if we focused on that, people would have a lot less hesitation to maybe go after their goals. And where, where you focus, you know, your energy flows. It's, and unfortunately, that's, that's the universe. I mean, the more and more you focus on that negative, the more and more that's probably going to happen. So you're going to have to train yourself to um, focus on the positive. And that's why I like starting my day when I can with great, what I'm grateful for and the positive experiences that have gotten, that have happened over the past 24 hours so that my day starts with positive affirmation and then focusing on, oh, that call sucked, but the call before that was awesome. So who cares? Next call or whatever it may be. Um, and the last thing I'm just going to throw in there kind of back to the last question is I talked to, when I was at my full-time job at United health and, um, um, was really involved in the internship program there had a lot of internships, interns, excuse me, that were asking me about, um, their careers and things like that. And this goes out to anybody who's in college or high school or thinking about a full-time job, um, I'm just going to restate this one more time because it's super important to know. And I witnessed it both in 
the self-employed world and the employment world where you're in the corporate world, um, the guys that can communicate and the guys that can present and the guys that can connect with people go farther and they go farther faster. The guys that are really talented at data and numbers and analysis, that's awesome. Never was like, I'm, I'm a numbers guy, but I, I never, like I went to pre-cal, not a huge on numbers. Um, those guys, if you cannot communicate that stuff, you don't go as far. And that's yeah. the truth. And sorry that colleges and universities will shove down your throat, learn about data analysis, learn about numbers and be an Excel guru and wizard. But I'm sorry, you got to be proficient to some level but if you cannot communicate and lead you're never going to go as far as you want to go yeah absolutely actually you know what reminds me of of that is um steve jobs and uh wozniak what was wozniak's first name was it was it steve was it steve, as well? it was steve. yeah okay it was steve. Steve, and steve i mean like think of the pair you know those two Steve Wozniak, without Steve Wozniak, Apple probably would not exist. You know, he was the brains behind a lot of the technical, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. But Steve Jobs was able to articulate it to the investors. He was able to yeah. present it to the people. Without, without the, you know, the communication side, Apple would probably not exist, you know? So mm -hmm. it, it, took me, it took me, I mean, 23, 22 years to figure that out. So anybody that I can tell to like, hone in on your communication and relationship skills earlier on rather than focusing on that stuff. It's, it's I tell me, I'm telling you, it's going to really help you later on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we've talked a lot about your past and just your mindset, just summarize everything and answer this last question. What do you, or how and why do you stay disciplined and driven? Cause why not? I mean, at the end of the day, why do I want to live a life where, I'm just getting kicked in the butt and being re reactive and getting pushed to different ways that I don't really want to go. So why not be disciplined? Why not be driven? Why not live a proactive life um, that's full of fruit and, and not just spin on the hamster wheel of life? <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Well, that was awesome. And hey, if people want to reach out and learn more about you or maybe just, you know, try to pick, you know, I don't like saying pick your brain, but you know, yeah. just get in touch with you. How, how would be the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yep. So, um, my first name is Jade. That's J A D D E. And my last name is Roe R O W E. You can go visit my Facebook page. just Jade Roe. My Instagram page, Jade Roe. And if you'd want to email me, um, my email is just Jade Roe. Again, um, exactly how you spell it. No caps, anything like that. Just Jade Roe at gmail.com. Awesome. All right, Jade. Well, thanks for being on the podcast and I guess we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Kyle. Talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Yep. Bye.